Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And today on the show, we have Karen McQuestion. Yes. And it was a great interview. Y'all, yes. Karen's been around for a long time, uh, since 2009, and mm-hmm. she's just super wise and um, mm-hmm. has some yeah. really good things to share. Yeah. We talked to her about you know longevity, mm-hmm. publishing over like staying with it. And, mm-hmm. um, and she also, she doesn't write specifically in one genre. So mm-hmm. She kind of moves around. And so it's interesting to talk to her about that. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're interested in not staying your, in your lane, then this would be a good podcast to listen to. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. we get tired of our lanes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so how are you this week, Jamie? Well, speaking of being tired of being in a certain lane, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm better. In fact, I was, I've been thinking over the last couple of days, I am better. I am better. Um, It's, I know it won't always be this way, but um, I, and I know that I will feel like my legs have been knocked out from under me sometimes, but, but I've gone longer stretches without that happening. um, So that's good. Yeah. I was with my mom and my sister's, uh, and my dad last week and my, my sister, Joni, my sister who passed away, uh, husband and daughter and son. And I was worried about that. I was worried that I would kind of take on their emotions, but it actually was really good. It was really good to be with them. And, um, then I've been at my daughter's for a few days. And so I just got home today. I've been still been running at some ads and they're still doing okay, which is good because I haven't really done anything. So um, just kind of getting back in to doing ads and stuff. And Karen talked about a, a class, uh, Matthew Holmes class, yeah. on Amazon ads. I'm going to check that out because she really spoke highly of it. Um yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't really run Amazon ads, but uh, I may look into that. Um, Yeah. And I have right now a kind of a viral TikTok 20. Hang Mm. on a minute. Hang on a minute. (laughs) It's so stupid. You know, you never know what's going to. Yeah. And we talk about that in the interview that you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, You think that certain things are going to go great and other things. Right. Right. It's got 250, almost 260,000 views. Yeah. It's a duet that I did. Um, So, you know, of course I don't have a book necessarily associated with it, but I did say in the thing that, you know, I'm a romance writer and reader Mm -hmm. and have my links and stuff, but um, so that's kind of fun. I don't know. We'll see if that does anything. And then um, I am a, about two after we finish this, I'm going to see Wakanda forever. So, oh my I, goodness, I cross my arms, y'all, um, <laughs> over my chest. That's <laughs> great. So, I'm really excited about that. But yeah, yeah, so I'm just still going slow, taking things mm-hmm. easy, trying to give myself now one right. writing type assignment. Yeah, a week. I still haven't written a newsletter, but I have thought a lot about what Tammy said, and yeah. Um, I may try to tackle that tomorrow. I'll, I'll no. let y'all know next week if I do. And uh, 
just kind of put something out there because I really don't mind at all sending. I mean, I, I enjoy sending newsletters, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I enjoy sharing other people's books. So, yeah. um, so that's something I can do uh, yeah. to kind of get back in the community. And start well, that's good to hear. Stuff. I'm glad. Yeah, glad I'm things fine. are going. Okay. I'm, I'm better. I'm better. Yeah. You know, so thanks to yeah. everybody for checking on me. I still <laughs> have people checking on me, which is yeah. so sweet. Yeah. Um, but what about you? How are you? Um, well, I've been doing some writing this week and I also have one book mm-hmm. that it's my planner journal thing mm-hmm. that I have now an undated version and it, mm-hmm. I have a, a coil bound version oh, you know, that'll yeah. lay flat yeah. and that's, you can't get that on KDP mm-hmm. or Ingram. You have to go to Lulu or book vault. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is almost done real quick. I'm just going to go in there. <laughs> And I, I, I'd already had everything set up, you know, I had it all in Lulu and I was like, yeah. all I have to do is connect it. And then, cause I have the Shopify mm-hmm. uh, basic plan, I think, mm-hmm. cause you know, cause I'm going to do Shopify someday. Mm-hmm. So I get it all connected up. And so, you know, that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'm still working on it today, <laughs> trying to figure things out, like get the best set up and get mm-hmm. it connected to make sure it ships because I, I was going to mention it to my newsletter next yeah. week but I would yeah. just want to make sure that it's yeah. all working so I've been working on that and uh, okay. it's not that hard it's just like you know something new with all the different little yeah. got to make sure all the wires are connected yes. back end and yes. so I don't mess anything up so that's basically what I've been doing is yeah, okay. doing a little um, more extensive playing around with Shopify than I intended well it's it'll, yeah. it's good to know it's good to know because as we know things are probably heading that direction at some point anyway. So that's good. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and it is, it hasn't been that bad. It's just like, you have to find the information and, you know, me using Morgana's uh, book to help me out. Morgana's oh, good. best. Mm-hmm. She was on our podcast a while yes. back. So yeah. 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 So that's about all I've got. So all should right. we uh, get on with the interview? Yes, we should. We should. All Cause right. it's great. Here's Karen. Well, today we are really excited to talk with Karen McQuestion. Hi, Karen. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So let me read your bio and we'll get started. Karen McQuestion first self-published in Kindle in 2009. Since then, she has become a hybrid author who published more than 20 novels and sold 3 million books. Wow. (laughs) That is crazy. And 2009 too. That's yeah. Wow. It's a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us how you got into writing. Um, my story is really similar to a lot of, of authors that I've talked to. It's that I always love to write, read. And mm-hmm. as a student, I was a pretty good student writer. Teachers uh, noted it. I wasn't particularly good at other things. I wasn't athletic or I was a good student. But that was really the one area that I, I loved um, and excelled at. And then I, my whole life, I wanted to write fiction. I wanted to write novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, they always said, like, no one can make a living mm-hmm. except for, uh, you know, a few chosen few. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always on my mind. And then when life uh, went on, I got married. I had three kids. When the youngest was in preschool, I thought, you know, I've got a little bit of time now. Instead of just being someone who thinks about writing, maybe I should actually try writing. And um from there, joined a local writers group, took workshops, read books. I wrote articles for the local paper for a while. I wrote novels that 
Uh, I submitted, um, I was actually agented twice for two different books and neither one worked out Mm -hmm. and just didn't think it was going to come to be. And then I heard that uh, you could self-publish on Kindle. That was 2009. Mm-hmm. I read an article about a guy named Boyd Morrison, and the article was like all three paragraphs long. And <laughs> he had a similar story to mine. He had been agented and didn't get any takers for his book. Self-published it on Kindle and in a short period of time sold, I, I think it's like 7,000. Mm-hmm. And because of the response, uh, an editor or a publisher who had previously turned him down was now interested and they acquired his book Mm -hmm. um, and he became traditionally published. Well, I read that article and I wasn't thinking Simon and Schuster would pick me up. I was just like, you can do that. You can put a (laughs) non-traditionally published book up on a self-published book on Kindle. And I just didn't even know that that was like allowed. Wow. So Mm -hmm. I I thought I'm going to do that. So um, at that point I had quite a number of, um, manuscripts that had never been published and had been rejected multiple times. And over the course of a couple different weekends, my husband and I uploaded them. Um, and I was so delighted. The first month I made $30. I, and up till this point, I'd only spent money on publishing. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. I, yeah. You know, it was like, wow, it's I'm and the next month I made $300. Wow. And I was like, okay, this is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. It just really took off from there. My timing was was really, really good. And, and yeah. the funny thing is people had been with me in writers groups. I would contact them and say, you should do this, knowing mm-hmm. that they're, they were terrific mm-hmm. uh, storytellers and writers and no one was interested. They were all like, yeah. no, they wanted to go for the traditional route. They, yeah. wanted, the tr- they wanted the dream. And I respected that, but I was like, but... I have readers and I'm making money. I mean, so anyway, I, that was how I got my start and it's just gone from there. That is so funny that you said that about the writers group, because I had written, when you said that about um, self-publishing in 2009, I wrote down writing group because I went to a writing group before I started, I just started that first book, you know, kind of thing and was testing the waters. I went to RWA and you could go twice without paying. And so I went to both meetings, the two meetings, and then decided, you know what, I'm not a writer. I'm just not going to do this. But one, both of those meetings, someone got up both times and vilified Kindle indie publishing. They were going to take your rights. They were going to exploit you. They were going to do all of these things. And there was a woman behind me who became my friend when I went back a couple of years later, she had self-published and she was back there the whole time they were talking kind of in my ear going, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You can do this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, we've got a little controversy going on here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about anything at that time, but uh, it's good for you. I think that's just brave and really well, innovative and mm-hmm. future thinking to, um, to really do that. Because not only was it probably just logistically hard because you had to format your books and all of that, without tools, um, you had probably some aversion to that in your circles, the circle of writers. Well, you know, 
my thought was if the books get bad reviews or I can just pull them down. I mean, I almost Mm -hmm. felt like I'm flying under the radar and testing them out. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just couldn't believe, and like you said about the formatting, mm-hmm. there were no directions, there was no. no software, there was just me and my husband, and I remember it was so tense between us because <laughs> I it was just not going well. I and, he said to, and he said to me, I hope this, you know, is worth doing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we'd like, we've blown like three weekends of our lives doing it, so... Luckily, I was like, I hope so too. Oh. Please, God, please let yeah. a few people buy those books, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's so that's funny. Fantastic. I had a, I came along a little bit after you and I found a blog post from another author on how to format your book in Word to make it acceptable to the meat grinder mm-hmm. and at Smashwords. Smashwords, sure. Yeah. And so I I followed that. I printed that out. I kept it in a notebook. I highlighted it and there were still tears when I did anything like that. And I'm just so thankful that we have, I remember when draft digital came along and you could mm-hmm. use their service to produce an uh, uploadable EPUB. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is the mm-hmm. best thing ever, you know? Mm-hmm. So things have certainly changed. Yeah. Right. So, well, so I think one thing we want to talk to you today about is just like longevity and like mm-hmm. staying the course and how you've done that. So I think that'll come out like in the questions and stuff mm-hmm. as we go through, but, um, what would be your definition of success? You know, I've thought about this because I know this is a question that comes up on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I originally, all I wanted, I mean, my, I guess I have to say my definition of success has changed over the years, mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. and I would say, well, first, if I could get a book into the hands of readers or, mm-hmm. and if they liked it, and if I sold a certain number of copies, if I could do this for a living, if I translated, if they got translated into different languages, I mean, mm-hmm. but now at this point, um, I feel like if I mention I'm working on a book or I put a book up for pre-order and people buy it or mm-hmm. say on Facebook, Oh, that sounds wonderful. I cannot wait. I'm going to put that date on my calendar or I'm going right. to pre-order it. And I think, but sometimes I haven't even finished the book mm. and I feel like, Oh, that's an incredible leap of faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it almost makes me kind of nervous. Like mm-hmm. people are waiting and they're expecting it to be a certain way. And mm-hmm. I don't want to let them down. And yet how great is that, that people yeah. are actually waiting for your books. And that's something that I knew happened to authors like Stephen King or Nora Roberts or, you know, whoever you feel was the ultimate uh, author. But the fact that it happens to me is, I feel like that's my definition of success. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So do you use your pre-orders sort of as motivation or? No, I'm a, I'm very anxiety ridden. (laughs) And so I will not put anything up until I'm, I mean, it might be with the editor or with my beta readers, but until I have a beginning, middle and end, and I'm, because I know some authors will schedule out even a couple mm-hmm. books in a series. And I, you know, there's some part of me that thinks, what if someone in my family got sick or what if, yeah. and I know you can change dates and things get delayed mm-hmm. and it's, it's mm-hmm. not as big of a deal, mm-hmm. but I just feel better having something completed. So right, right. sometimes my pre-ordered, um, terms are like all of a week and a half, like, Hey, this one, guys, I've got a book coming out. And, and so that's how I operate. And it's worked out well for me. Yeah, I think that's great, though. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, especially 
having been, um, having just come through that, that's, I can't yeah. imagine putting up a pre-order until I knew no. that book was ready or at yeah. least very close to ready. Yeah. Well, I never and, and, wanted know, to do it, but after 2020, I'm like, no, I think I, I'll, I'll just hang out until I have something ready to go. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Um, no, I was going to say, I don't work well under pressure, but I know some people who do, yeah. you know, yeah. they're like, knowing I have that deadline, knowing this is going to keep me on task. And I think it's more likely to make me curl up in a ball. And <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do this? <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, what do you wish you'd known about writing in craft when you started? You know, when I started out, it was, uh, the idea of self-publishing wasn't even on my radar. I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't self-publishing on Kindle. So I was trying to soak up all the wisdom of the experts. They can't, mm-hmm. your listeners can't see that I used finger quotes, but I did. <laughs> and so I was trying to do everything that I thought would get me in the door with an agent or an editor. And so, you know, things about craft, you know, they would say things like, you know, if you want to, good writing uses metaphors, similes, never use the passive voice. Um, And so I, you know, and I remember reading once, this is the most ridiculous thing, that every great novel had sex and a death. Mm -hmm. So the sex could be alluded to, it could have happened Mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, well, how can I incorporate that into my story? I was, I was thinking too hard. And so Mm -hmm. what I, what I've learned is just tell the story, trust your instincts, um, we all know how to tell a story, whether you sit down with friends and you relate something that happened in your own life or you're telling a joke or whatever, just get all that clutter out of your head. And that's mm-hmm. what I had to sort of work towards that because yeah. I had just spent years filling my head with all the things I should be doing. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah I, I really identify with that because, you know, I did learn to write in a critique group with Romance Writers of America. And so, and they were great writers. I mean, some of them are just amazing storytellers and and know the craft really, really well. Um, I did not. And so I battle that sometimes too, the kind of do's and don'ts, shoulds and shouldn'ts. Mm -hmm. And what I have realized is, you know, it's that whole, you can't break a rule until you know the rule kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so you can break the rules. Clearly, we've seen that over and over and over Mm -hmm. again in our industry. Uh, Very successful books that broke the rules. They just told a really intriguing story. (gasps) Sorry. Uh, But it it's hard, though. It's hard when you have that kind of drilled into your head to step out of that and and write authentically, maybe is the word I'm looking for. That's not, you know, that's not so bound up in the do's and don'ts of writing. Does that make sense? I don't know. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm not drinking, I swear. I'm just water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even take- for me, it's a little early in the day, but um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I think that's important yeah. that we all kind of think about when we're telling our stories. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? You know, I, I think that when I started out, I felt like marketing was this kind of elusive, difficult thing that only experts knew how to do. And that, 
other people would be the key to getting the word out. You'd get a, a better known author to give you a shout out on social media or get somebody to give you blurbs or, and, mm -hmm. you know, I've come to find out that it's all on you. It's all on <laughs> me as an author. Like nobody cares if my book does well and, and they shouldn't because, you know, if they're readers, they're looking for a great story. And if they're other writers, they're worried about their books. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly mm -hmm. had my share of friends help me out and spread the word, but that's not something that I count on or rely on. Mm -hmm. um, so marketing is ever changing. I mean, what worked mm -hmm. in 2010 yeah. is completely different than what's happening now. Mm -hmm. And there are Facebook pages where people share information. Um, I've got author friends that talk about what's working for them. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I feel like I'm always learning. And sometimes I feel like I'm just behind the curve a little bit, like I'm scrambling to get caught up. Mm -hmm. But it's also really empowering. Um, yeah. It's not like you just keep refreshing your Amazon page or your look at your dashboard and you're like, why isn't this book selling? Why isn't this book selling? Which I've done my share of that too. But, <laughs> uh, but more often you can think, okay, what can I do? What can mm -hmm. I do to get spread the word and find the right readers for this book? Mm -hmm. And it's all about visibility. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. you know, people can't read a book they don't know about. Correct. So you, how do I reach them mm -hmm. and without being obnoxious and saying, buy my book, buy my book, mm -hmm. buy my book. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of, of sort of checking out which options work for your book and your genre mm -hmm. and you as an author within your comfort zone. Um, I don't like real life events. A lot of authors love that. Mm -hmm. I just don't do well. I'm not comfortable. So I love doing everything online. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so that's what I So what are some of your favorite online marketing things that you do? What do you enjoy the most? I love futzing around with, um, and I did say futzing, with Amazon <laughs> and Facebook ads. Just to make that clear, huh? Just making sure. I don't know. It came out of my mouth and I was like, I never even used that word. I don't know why I, I don't know where that came from. Um, I do anyway. Love, anyway, I do love Facebook and Amazon ads. Um, okay. I find that Facebook ads work best for books that are free or very inexpensive, 99 cents. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Amazon ads, people are actively looking for books in, in your genre. Um, I've gone through ups and downs with that, where sometimes I'll get an ad that works really well for a long time, and then suddenly it doesn't. Um, and so I've, I've taken different courses right now. I'm taking Matthew Holmes's course. Um, mm -hmm. Are you familiar with him? No. Mm -mm. Well, I really, really, I've just started it and I'm really impressed. He has a very um, matter of fact, nuts and bolts, data-driven way of approaching it. He's an excellent teacher. Um, and I've heard from other people who are further into the course that it just gets better. So mm. I'm, I'm kind of uh, excited about doing it again. Yo, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not a problem. You, I understand there's an editor on the back end of this thing. So yes, there is, but we probably won't take it out. So you enjoy the ads, the working with the ads and tweaking the ads. Do you have any other things you do online that you really enjoy? You know, if, if um, I keep an eye out for if people mention me or my books mm -hmm. and I, 
make a point to on um, Instagram and Facebook, always responding, thanking them mm -hmm. for spreading the word or giving the book a shout out or That's because nice. people don't have to do that. They mm -hmm. don't have to right. say, Oh, I just read a book I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And then they hashtag it and they, you know, mm -hmm. so I know a lot of people, uh, other authors don't have time for that, or maybe they delegate to assistants or whatever. That's something I do. Mm -hmm. Um, because I personally enjoy seeing what people are saying. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also very appreciative. So um, that's another thing that I do a lot of Facebook and Instagram. And I'm sure I do miss some on occasion, but I try not to. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's really great. Yeah. And it's a very simple thing. It's not like, here's a new strategy, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can no. try. So but it's something that it, it can be very effective, I think, to let people know that you are appreciative. Mm -hmm. Well, and it makes, and that the fact that they did it made a difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think that that's really underrated too. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I am on, um, uh, belong to a reader group and mm -hmm. I do post when my books are on sale or if I have a new book coming out, I've got a newsletter that is just not very, uh, I, I don't have, I've less than 2000. Um, mm -hmm. I hear friends who say I've got 15,000 subscribers. And so mine is just a, like a, a little, you know, if anyone wants to sign up for my newsletter, mm -hmm. you could join the club, but right. That's not something I rely on a lot. Um, I also do Goodreads giveaways on a regular basis. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know that it necessarily leads to reviews, but what I like about it is that they, people that enter add the book to their their They're like their way. list or to be, to be their list shelf. Or, they yeah. shelf it yeah, yeah. yeah. For, yes mm -hmm. thank you for jumping in there because I had a I blanked out for a second but so that sort of increases your visibility because then mm -hmm. their friends will notice that they added this book anywhere mm -hmm. where you can get the cover or the book in front of other people yeah and then I have a theory which I no one has ever said this is true and maybe I just made this up in my head, but because Amazon also owns Goodreads, mm -hmm. it seems to me like when a lot of people are adding your book to their to be read pile or whatever, that it's it does something to the algorithms on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I I say this because um, you know how when you're on KDP, periodically Amazon will send you something saying. Um, we'd like to put this book into Prime or we'd like to feature it on a Kindle deal or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I had randomly done a Goodreads giveaway for a much older title, one that hadn't done much. And about, I don't know, six weeks later, I got an email from Amazon saying they were going to put it in Prime if with my permission. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, I was invited to to do it. And I thought, well, that's weird. They picked that mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I just did the Goodreads giveaway and like 7,000 people added it. I wonder mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. the algorithms were like, oh, suddenly this book is doing well. I don't know. Right, right. So take that for what it's worth. Oh, um, that's super interesting, though. It yeah, is. It's just just yeah. a theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's a, do you do the 119? Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I have not noticed any difference between paying. So, I, you know, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard that from other authors, um, and I think that that I mean, if it's a if it's a new release, maybe because they do send out that the link or whatever. But mm -hmm. I feel like 
for an older book. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Well, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back? Did they turn out to be right or wrong? You know, actually, I assumed, and and this was before I jumped into uh, KDP, which used to be called DTP, um, <laughs> Digital Text Platform is what I believed it was called. But anyway, when I was still trying to become traditionally published, mm-hmm. I tried different like I tried to, chiclet was hot at one point. So I wrote mm-hmm. a book that was chiclet and then that didn't go anywhere. And then I thought, well, now young adult contemporary realism is doing mm-hmm. well. So I'm going to try one of those. But I, I assumed, and and this was true, that you couldn't write in all different genres. Mm-hmm. That if you picked something, that's who you were. If mm-hmm. you were a cozy mystery writer, that's what you did. If you were a young adult novelist, it'd be very hard to break out of that. Mm-hmm. So, and every time, so every time twice I had a- agents, I thought, okay, well, if this sells, that's what I am. Then I'm a, <laughs> for someone who writes chick letter, I'm someone mm-hmm. who writes whatever. And, you know, because I was doing it on my own, I just started writing whatever interested me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I remember for a while I was with, um, well, for a, quite a long while I was with Amazon publishing Mm -hmm. and I remember someone at Lake union telling me, you know, it'd be easier to market you if you stayed in the lane, Mm -hmm. which they weren't wrong. It would have been. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to stay in a lane, but it just doesn't interest me. I just, Mm -hmm. I get an idea for something different and it just happens to be in a different genre. Mm -hmm. So I write, I follow the idea. Um, And for a long while I felt like, I wasn't very, I I failed somehow. Like, Mm -hmm. how is it that other authors can successfully write in the same genre and come up with something fresh and interesting and new Mm -hmm. and keep readers engaged? But I just don't feel like I have that ability. I want to deviate. So if I wrote Mm -hmm. a family drama, now I'm like, okay, I'm all family dramaed out. Now I want to do something more humorous or Mm -hmm. now I want something with a little more mystery. So um, it was interesting because they interviewed Colleen Hoover just recently in the New York times. And she said, she struggled with that, that she's thought, why can't Colleen Hoover be the brand? Right. Why does it, why does it have to be the genre? That's the brand. You mm-hmm. like my voice and my style. Mm-hmm. Not that every book is going to be for every reader, but that's even the case sometimes with people who stay in their lane. So right. mm-hmm. I felt a little validated when I yeah. saw that, heard her say that. Cause I thought, okay, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. And so now do your readers follow you kind of wherever you go? Do you have some that don't cross over from one type of book to another? I do think that not every reader will cross over, but enough yeah. do that I have a career. Yeah. And I get a fair number of reviews that say the reason I like it is that her books aren't all the same. Mm-hmm. I know I'll like the story, but I don't necessarily, it's not going to be a carbon copy of what she's done before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love reading that because that again, yeah. is just the validation that I you hope for. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think some of the things that I've done in the past, I feel sort of played out. I mm-hmm. would find it hard to believe that I'd write another young adult novel. I did, um, a bunch of them and I enjoyed doing it, but I kind of feel like I'm veering in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of authors are at that point where they're like, I have written 
you know, right. 47 cozy mysteries set in a small town. And I'm right. kind of done with this small town. So it's good to hear from somebody who's been able to kind of vary things up and yeah. mm-hmm. have a very successful career. So that's, that's really good. And recent, most recently you're writing psychological thr- thrillers though, right? Well, see that now that's been a problem too, because oh. <laughs> the, the last three, they, they are categorized psychological thrillers and they mm-hmm. are, they have a lot of elements, but I guess I'm just have a difficulty with horrible things happening and gore and they're, they're like cozy thrillers, you know oh, what okay. I mean? It's yeah, like well, history good. and intrigue and right. bad things happen, but they're not so horrible that you're on the edge of your seat going, okay, I'm feeling a little sick. This is not going in a good direction, <laughs> you know? So I guess I write the books I'd want to read mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that like when my husband, Greg and I are watching something and I know there's the serial killers coming. I'll be like, I'm going in the next room. Mm -hmm. Call me when it's safe to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm having trouble categorizing um, my books. I think they're, Elena Johnson had a really great expression. She said, genre adjacent. Yeah. I think they're just genre adjacent. So (laughs) that's great. Works. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Well, have you, you know, we like to talk about mistakes and lessons learned. So have you ever had a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? You know, that's a, such, a, such a great question. I have made so many mistakes that we don't have time <laughs> to cover them all. I don't know that anything flipped and became like, oh, I'm so, you know, I thought that was a mistake, but it turned out well. Mm-hmm. I just feel like every time I made a mistake, I learned from it mm-hmm. and it also made me less afraid to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I I feel like there's yeah. nothing I can do. And to quote Elena Johnson again, there's nothing that's a career killer. You can mm-hmm. write a book that you thought would do really well and it doesn't do as well as you thought. And yes, it's disappointing. And, but it's not the end of the world. You can mm-hmm. write another book. Hopefully that one will land better. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, um, I've done things like I, I've been Kindle Unlimited nearly exclusively forever. And at one point I went to a writer's conference where one of the speakers was emphatic that you should be wide. I mean, she had her reasons and they were great reasons. And so, and I thought she kept saying, you are going to leave money on the table. You're leaving money on the table. You're cutting off your readership. You're, and she, she had valid points. So I mm-hmm. took four of my books and I put them into wide and I don't know if it was because I didn't know how to market books outside of, you know, my little comfort zone or what, but they just sank like a stone. And then I thought, mm-hmm. well, I'm not giving them enough time. Mm-hmm. So I'll wait it out. It, it never got better. Ugh. So <laughs> yeah. it, it did make me a little wary of doing that again. But then again, I never say never because things in this business change so much all the yep. time. Yeah. But you experimented with it. You tested mm-hmm. it to see. I think that's really smart. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a great way to approach it. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Well, what about the opposite? Have you ever had something you thought this is a home run and then it turned out to oh. flop? Oh, my All gosh. the time? Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, or even it might not be a flop by, you know, all standards. But yes. I'll think, well, this one... You know, I have an interesting story, and it's not about me. It's about Charles Dickens. And because <laughs> I, I wrote a Christmas novella recently, so I was looking to see, like, you know, Christmas novellas. How long are they? What elements do they have? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the 
king of all is, is Charles Dickens. And I did not uh, know that he had actually written five Christmas novellas. A Christmas oh. Carol was the first one. Mm -hmm. And then subsequently he wrote four others. And he said to a friend that one of them was going to be even bigger than a Christmas Carol. Yeah. And he just felt it was going <laughs> to be just, uh, it was going to outdo it. And of course, <laughs> that wasn't the case. No. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that interesting that we aren't good judges? Even mm -mm. Charles Dickens wasn't a good judge of mm -mm. who his readership, which stories they'd take to. And I mean, this was a man who went around the country reading aloud. Mm -hmm. And so he, for his time, he probably really had his finger on the pulse. And so I've had kind of a similar situation. Um, where I thought books would do great, and then they didn't. Mm -hmm. One in particular I'm thinking of, it was a young adult paranormal. And it subsequently has been getting better reviews in the last couple of years than it did when it was first released. And mm -hmm. all I can think of is maybe it's finding its readers, or maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know, or maybe people have changed. I I yeah. don't know. It's, it, it's so I always feel like it's not over till it's over right. or ever. Yeah. You know, it's That's books true. are out there. The words don't expire. There's no expiration date. <laughs> it's like readers might find it five years from now. Mm -hmm. So That's awesome. Yep. yep. Yeah. And what is popular right now may not, or what like you, what we write right now might not actually come into its own until, you know, five, 10 years down the road. Uh, this hardly ever happens to me because I'm not very futuristic, but sometimes people, you know, trend, like they're like, oh, I, they see a trend coming and they write a book, but it takes a while for the trend to match up with what they yeah. wrote, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Well, I know one of my earlier books, the, the failed chiclet, um, the character was somewhat like me. I believe I'm on the spectrum um, based on self-diagnosed. I have a, mm -hmm. one of my children is very much that way. And so I, that character was very much like that kind of personality. And I remember my agent sent it around and one of the editors said, um, there was a story element where this woman owns a house and a friend comes to her door and he says, I'm like, I'm locked out of my house and my girlfriend kicked me out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Can I stay the night here? And she goes, Oh, and she has to think about it because the guest bedroom, she hasn't done anything with and the sheets are, <laughs> and she's like, well, I, I, you know, finally she says, I guess you can, but I'm not really set up for guests. And I remember one of the editors that my agent submitted to said, what kind of friend hesitates? <laughs> what, why wouldn't she say, of course, come on in. And <laughs> when I read those notes, I was like, Oh, is that what people do? Yeah. I just was like, because that would have been me. Like, oh, um, well, we got the couch. I, you know, yeah, you have to work it out in your head. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So, I, it's funny because that book initially, when it came out, um, Amazon Publishing picked it up. It was self-published first, and there were some some reviews that were like, yeah, I don't like that main character. She's not very giving, or she's mm. she's and. More recently, I think like uh, with Sheldon Cooper and the Big Bang Theory mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, Eleanor Oliphant, uh, that book, mm -hmm. people are like, oh, okay, I get who this person is. Right. You right, know, right, she's right, not right. this cold hearted person right. who doesn't, who's not a good friend. She just mm -hmm. has her issues. Mm -hmm, so right. I think that's what you were talking about, Sarah, how mm -hmm. five or 10 years down the road, mm -hmm. things change and you never know what's going to connect with people and why. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. 
Well, since you've been doing this for a while, like, what do you think is the biggest um, mindset change that you've had to make during your writing career? I would say I've had this tendency in years past to compare myself to yeah. my books, to other books, and mm-hmm. myself as an author. And I would read books and think, okay, well, my book's at least as good as this book. Why are they so, you know, why is it doing mm-hmm. better? Or this person, blah, 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 maybe I should have a cover more like theirs, or maybe, mm-hmm. and it's, it is a good idea to keep your, you know, keep up with what's doing well and why, because mm-hmm. you don't, you're, nobody's an island unto themselves. We all know the kind of covers that appeal to the readers of our genre or whatever, and that's a good thing to know. But sometimes books just, other people's books just do better than mine. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I don't have my fair share of readers or my fair share of sales or, I mean, I get to write stories for a living. I'm mm-hmm. way ahead of where I ever thought I would be. Mm-hmm. So that comparing was not doing me any favors at all. Mm-hmm. It was right. detrimental. It robbed me of time and energy and I needed to get away from that. It was a process because mm-hmm. I think that's human nature. Yeah. To think, well, this person won an award and that person, you know, has a movie deal and that person, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, eh, and I have stuff they don't have, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's hard though. It you, is hard. You know, I've talked about that on this podcast a lot. In fact, that could be the name of it. <laughs> um, don't do what Jamie does. You're comparing yourself to other people. It's just a little long. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, what do you, how did you kind of break that habit? I think it was a process. I don't think I, it wasn't like quitting uh, smoking or anything. It was, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I went cold Turkey. It was bit by bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's true. There are always going to be people that have more than what you have Mm -hmm. and less than what you have and contentment can go a long way. So mm-hmm. I I think what really, you know, since you asked Sarah, I think what really <laughs> helped was being genuinely happy um, for other authors and specifically yeah. Yeah. friends where I'm like, okay, so they went to number one in their category or in Kindle. To me, that doesn't mean like, well, why them and not me? That just means it can be done. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've also met a lot of really very generous authors who have shared, um, information with me, who've uh, shared when I have a new book out, who've mm-hmm. offered to help me in different ways. And so that's been really helpful too. When that's someone awesome. says, you know, when you approach them and say, I noticed that you did such and such, do you mind telling me how you how you did that? And they're like, no, I'd love to tell you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about the whole indie community mm-hmm. is it's, it's, there's an abundance of readers out there and they, they can read a book in two days. So if you can only write a book so many per year, there's plenty for everybody. Yeah. Right. Sort of an abundance mindset. That's great. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, (laughs) and, you know, Karen was talking about her genre adjacent books, like maybe they didn't have a home or whatever. That is not true because uh, the Moonlight, Child, child, yes, that's right. Was at number three in the Kindle store for all of 2021. Please tell us how you did that. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> I'm was taking notes. 
that was so exciting. Um, and Kristen Hanna, who is, I, you know, I yeah. think the world of her, she was number one. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm right behind her. Um, I actually didn't know that that was the case, um, except that my friend Tess Thompson mm-hmm. sent me a screenshot. And I said, (laughs) like, I thought she like photoshopped something. I'm like, how did you do this? And she's like, no, no, here's a link. And I didn't realize Amazon did a page that was for the entire year. So it was cumulative. Um, Well, just to tighten up the story a little bit, I had been with uh, Lake Union Publishing, Mm -hmm. which is a division of Amazon Publishing for quite a while, Mm -hmm. Um, was really happy with them. And then switched um, editors and still was happy. Mm-hmm. But that editor had a, a different take on what she wanted. And she, but she did publish three of my books very successfully. And then I submitted The Moonlight Child because, as I said before, I like mm-hmm. to have the complete manuscript done before I send mm-hmm. it in. And right. she took a pass. So, um, and at that point, my books were doing really well with them. So that was. It, it wasn't a complete shock because I sensed the enthusiasm was waning. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nothing I could put my finger on, but I just had that feeling. And they mm-hmm. were kind of veering in a different direction. So from that point, I just thought, you know, I want this book to do really well. I had to prove to myself <laughs> that it wasn't turned down because it was a bad book. Right. That it, so Ooh, that's hard. I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's, and so I just thought, you know, I'm going to try to do everything I can. I was, I was, I would say more driven with this book than I was with previous books, probably because I had Amazon publishing behind me. Um, mm-hmm. But I had also done some indie publishing um, along the way too, mm-hmm. but those just felt like little extra books to me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just was like, you know what, I'm, I was in overdrive. I, poured on the ad spend for Amazon uh, ads. In fact, mm-hmm. the first month or two, I think I only broke even. I was mm. like, everyone's like, oh, your book's doing really well. And I'm like, I am making zero money on this book, mm. but I am driven. I am, you know, yeah. I am going to prove that it's not a bad book. And yeah. I have a review team that was really wonderful that read it ahead of time and posted reviews. I did Goodreads giveaways. I did Facebook ads. And I sort of lucked out with the cover. Um, a lot of people said they found the cover intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really helpful. And again, people either thought it was more of a thriller or a ghost story for some mm-hmm. reason, which it is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was intriguing enough that at least they stopped and looked. So mm-hmm. it started climbing the charts. And it started actually making money beyond the ad spend. So I was able to sort of scale up. So the ads that were had that good uh, ROI, I was able to scale up and the ads that weren't doing as well, I killed them or tweaked them. Mm-hmm. And I just played with it. I made this my full-time job for like two mm-hmm. or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I got a really terrific uh, narrator for the audio book. I, released it in large print, which is something I hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. I um trying to think what else I did. I did tons of giveaways. And like every time I felt like everyone in the world that could have won this book won it. Because every time <laughs> I'd say to someone, hey, do you want me to do a giveaway on your uh, mm. Facebook page? They'd be yeah. like, okay. And so and and then what happened was it was just really one of those right time, right place mm-hmm. luck. 
-hmm. is that readers started suggesting it. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that you can't make happen when it does Mm -hmm. happen. It's the best thing ever. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and again, I tried to jump in and say, I really appreciate that you can recommend the book. I, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so... I was sending out good vibes to the universe, hoping that counted for something <laughs> like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, and it just did consistently well. And That's then, great. you know, I success tends to breed success, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate because there's a lot of great books out there that don't get their due. But right. once that you're acknowledged as ranking well, and also, uh, getting good ratings, mm-hmm. um, KDP would occasionally put it into a promotion which mm-hmm. boosted it too. So it was a whole combination of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at the end of the year, it was number three for the entire store. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, it has 27,000 reviews, four and a half stars, looks like uh, reviews. So yeah, it was a good book. <laughs> I had an author friend who had a theory. She said, do you do you have a theory why this book did particularly well? And I was like, I, you know, I don't know. I guess people liked it, you know. <laughs> and she said, because I have a theory. She said, you released it during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's the story of a, uh, I'm not giving anything away to mm-hmm. say, a little girl who's being captive in, in a house and mm-hmm. being held yeah. captive. And she said, and during the pandemic, we were all held captive in our houses. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe on some level, people connected with that. Right. And right. I said, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. good a theory as any. Right. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. 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 Well, it seems like the, um, like there's like you did some very specific things, but then there's always that kind of mysterious like, mm-hmm. like maybe that it released during the pandemic and the themes of it appealed, you know, so mm-hmm. th- things you can't account for as mm-hmm. well as things that you can. So I think that was great that you brought b- both of those out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, go ahead. Oh, because you can't make that happen. I've, you know, yeah. I've had two other books come out since then and they've done, I'm not complaining. They've done well, but they weren't the moonlight child. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you can't say, could a thousand people please go on social media and recommend this? That's all I ask. I really don't yeah. want much more than that. <laughs> that's a good marketing plan right there. Yeah. yeah. Right there. That's a yeah, strategy. That that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, talk to us about your translations because you have books in such varied languages. So how did that come to be? Well, I have several that I've, um, I connected it very early on with a woman in Germany who is, was a translating for the big publishers. Mm-hmm. And I emailed her and asked if she would be interested in working for me doing, um, I had a, a series, a young adult series at that point, uh, there are four books. And she was like, well, I've never worked with an author before. In fact, I had emailed several translators and all of them were like, no, but she yeah. was like, okay, so we worked out a payment schedule and she, she did all four and I paid her. And usually within a year, I recouped the money. This wow. was pretty early on. And so I took German in high school. But, so I, I knew a little teeny bit, but not enough to know if she did a great job. Right. But I knew her other books had gotten great reviews. So that was early on. I had books in German and then Amazon publishing also sold, um, some of the foreign rights for me and other languages. But 
the Moonlight Child has sold in nine different languages. Like, wow. um, And have you handled that yourself? Well, what happened was, you know, like I said, when things go well, they they seem to lead to other things. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the book was selling really well. And I got two different emails from publishers in other countries, Mm -hmm. like, have you sold the Vietnamese rights for the Moonlight Child? And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I actually so, no. No. Let me check. And then there was another one too. I can't remember. I th- and so I thought they offered to buy them from me. And I really wow. immediately thought I am in over my head here. Mm. Even if the contracts in English, I, you know, yeah. so I contacted a foreign rights agent, um, And she said, I normally just work with publishers. I do have a couple authors that I'm working with. And so she agreed to broker those two that had contacted me. So I had an offers in hand. And then she, and and I thought, well, if I get any more emails, I'll just forward them to Taryn. Mm -hmm. Um, But as it turns out, she actively tried to sell them. And she did. So, so far she sold um, to nine different companies. languages slash territories. Um, and in a couple of countries, this Moonlight Child's doing really well. And I'm getting messages from people in like the Czech Republic. Mm. For some reason, it's, they must have a really terrific translator. Mm. I swear she made the book better because I've gotten <laughs> so many messages from people in the, maybe a dozen, maybe 15. Mm. And it just came out like two months ago. Oh, wow. And so they've asked, like, can you send me a card with your signature? And I'm like, (laughs) I could, but like, why? I mean, I just, (laughs) (laughs) so it's really opened things up in that way. And so Mm -hmm. I just recently uh, told the foreign rights agent, I'm like, you know, I have another book that has a child in peril. Mm -hmm. It's obviously not the exact same kind of book, but it, you maybe you might want to go back to these publishers Mm -hmm. and say, if the Moonlight Child's yeah. doing well, yeah. um, that that might be something they'd want to pick up. And she she thought that was a great idea. So it's kind of spread from there. That's awesome. Wow. That's terrific. Mm, I love that. I love that. And and so do you still have your agent? Well, she. I do not have a regular agent mm-hmm. I, or a literary agent. Mm-hmm. I have a foreign rights agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And and it's funny because she <laughs> sent me a box of books in Slovak and in Czech. <laughs> and so I want to keep a copy of each, but I obviously don't need more. So now I'm right. online emailing like, you know, there's a like a group of expats. Mm-hmm. Like, does anyone want some free books? So I am <laughs> I'm getting I am getting takers, but I was like, oh, that was so nice of her. But now what do I do? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I forgot what the question was, James. Do you what still have you? a reg- uh, traditional? Oh, no, I don't have a traditional agent. Um, it's funny because I I did have in the past uh, for things that didn't work out, but it's and I did over the years talk to agents um, mm-hmm. occasionally who would contact me and say, "Can we just talk? I think I might want to re- represent mm-hmm. you." And I think, and for whatever reason, whenever they said they wanted to manage my career. Mm. I like would have a clutch of <laughs> anxiety over Did you that. Break like, out oh, in I, hives? Yes. I was like, well, I'm managing my own career and I'm doing just fine. Just I have so much, fine. I, yeah. I, well, it kind of feels to me like I, the difference between running your own business and being an employee. 
It's mm-hmm. like, I don't want someone else telling me what to do or what's what. So mm-hmm. I, I would be a, a very poor client. I do have um, an entertainment attorney. I've got a, a movie deal that is pending. And yeah. so she's, she's handling that because again, I would just probably, mm-hmm. you know, be very poor at negotiating and yeah. she knows what's what. So yeah. I'll let her handle Congratulations. it. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So one quick question before we wrap up. Um, I okay. wanted to, I, I did want to circle back to the long, your longevity. What do you think is the biggest thing that, um, and this may go into our last question, but I mean, you know, how have you, how have you been able to stay in this business? It's hard. It's a hard business. Well, I think that I keep having ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I this is going to make me sound a little flaky, but when I'm not writing, mm-hmm. I get really bad nightmares. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a correlation, like, and not so much when I'm in between books and, and doing working on some marketing or tying mm-hmm. up a- admin kind of things. But long periods, um, for instance, my mom, at the end of her life, needed more of my time. And so I really wasn't writing. Mm-hmm. And I would have strange dreams. And I, I realized later, it's there's a correlation somehow. There's oh, wow, yeah. somehow ideas in my head that need to get down. And so I, I feel like I would keep writing books, even if it wasn't all that profitable. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like I, I keep having ideas and I keep wanting to follow the idea to see where it's going. Mm-hmm. And then I want to see how, what other people think of the story when I'm done. Right, right, right. right. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, and I noticed a lot of people when I first started out in Kindle, um, there was like a core group of like 10 or 15 people that were doing really well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you were paying attention, you would see these same names coming up because there mm-hmm. weren't as many books out there or as many authors. And every now and then I'll think, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. Like mm-hmm. I haven't seen their name in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh, they just stopped writing. Mm-hmm. They're just in 2014 or 2016. And I think, I wonder why they stopped writing. Mm-hmm. It just seemed mm-hmm. kind of sad to me. I mean, yeah. Maybe they maybe yeah. they won the lottery or maybe they just yeah. told all the stories they wanted to tell. Or maybe they're happy as can be. Right. But it just seems like this is such a privilege to be able to do this and it's so yeah. much fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know why anyone wouldn't do it. Mm. Yeah. Love it. That is, that is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this may be a little bit repetitive, but um, what do you think the best thing is that you've done to set yourself up for success? Well, not giving up, which is something people always say, don't give up. Um, And I think with every book, do everything you can to give it the visibility, Mm -hmm. but don't beat yourself up if it doesn't do as well as you had hoped. Right. Because you can... You know, I've been there. We've all been there where you're like, I don't understand. I thought for sure this would appeal to blah, blah, blah. Or you're mm-hmm. like Charles Dickens, who I wrote <laughs> one that's going to even surpass a Christmas carol. You know, it, it, it's so it's out of your hands. You mm-hmm. wrote the best right. book you could and you put it out there and you're doing what you can to give it visibility. Um, you, you had the fun of writing it. That's how I feel. I had the joy of writing it and move on. You know, maybe it'll pick up later. Maybe it won't. Maybe the next one will do really well. So that's what I think is really help was been helpful to me. Oh, I love that. And also, I would say, like, you're fearless in a lot of ways. I mean, 
in just an, an observation as an observation, I mean, 2009, you're putting up books and nobody else is. You're going, you know, I mean, I just feel like, um, and the, the thing with Moonlight Child, where you were just making decisions that were really focused and, um, you know, purposeful. And I, I love that. I, I feel like that you really are an example of that. We oh, should that's all look so to. nice. Yeah. You, Jamie, you said brave, but I feel like I was desperate <laughs> when I put it up in 2009. I was like, they, yeah. they are not going to let me in the front door, so I'm going to come in around the side. You know, yeah. I, you know, you just, that is a mistake thinking, waiting for other people to yeah. acknowledge you or, yeah. Yeah. you know, maybe give you permission. If, yeah. Give you, thank you. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Give you permission, you know, give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if I had waited for somebody to give me permission, that would have never happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not with my grammar and issues that I had. So, yeah, um, I, you have to do it yourself if you're, mm-hmm. you know, or you don't have to, but, you know. But you can. No not to. You yes. can. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, right. now it's so accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's been great having you here. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great being here. I love your podcast. I was really Thanks. excited when I got your invitation. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. We we love doing it. So and uh, We've loved um, talking to you. This has been really, really, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can find me at uh, karenmcquestion.com. And I'm also on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And that's all I've done so far. I Mm -hmm. have not tackled TikTok, although everyone says I should. Um, So I'm not ruling it out. But at this point in time, I'm not there. So I'm I'm around. You can find me. You can, you know. Very good. Very good. That's great. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. And you can find all those links at the wish I'd them podcast.com. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing all the admin. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the wish I'd known then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.